Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Talk World Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored and brought to you by Anchor and is sponsored by everything the fuck else. <laughs> Go figure. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about last night's Wednesday Night War between AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. And of course, I'm still halfway through NXT right now as we speak, so I'm not going to give away that results. I'm still taking down my notes. So we're going to start with the AEW Dynamite. From last night first. Um, before we get started, special shout out to Wise One. Look out for his podcast, old, old, um, in the building, coming soon. We're gonna be one of his first set of guests that's gonna be coming on. Also, thank you, Anchor, for giving the podcast that we need to make our podcast happen here. All that podcast. So, um, follow us, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, and um. Instagram of um, Off the Top Ropes, all in one. You can look us up and find our episodes on Google, on Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Radio Public Podcasts, and Breaker Podcasts as well. So this is how we make you know a little money over here. We call the sponsorships and getting our content out to the other podcast outlets as well. So this is what Anchor helps us with. You want to give it a try for yourself, download the app through Google Play or to the iTunes store. Or you can go on your computer, laptop, tablet at www.anchor.fm. You hear it from me, folks. That's how I made my podcast. That's how you should be making yours. Nonetheless, we're going to get jump into it. What's going on, boys? Nine chill. Nine chill relaxing, man. I love the rain, so this is this is real good. Okay, Uncle Fats, yeah. we've been at. What's the word, motherfuckers? It's good to be back with my fellas, man. Missed you guys, man. I had a little hiatus, man, but your boy's back large and fucking in charge, homie. Okay, that's cool. Um, we're still, <laughs> we're still, uh, we're still missing one more crew. He just got on, but I'm going to be rushing him the very moment when he gets on. Um, so until he actually does, we're going to just jump into it. He's going to have to play catch up because I know a lot of you got a lot of shit to do and we don't want to be on this thing until 11 p.m. tonight. So I sort of try to get y'all to come on earlier, but we're going to jump right into this damn thing. Um, AEW Dynamite with um, Daly's Place, Jacksonville, Florida. Of course, um, Chris Jericho then joins the commentary table team, so we're gonna get him for one night. Yay! Finally, um, the first match of the night was Butcher and the Blade versus FTR. Mm. Now, Deuce, I know you're gonna be talking massive shit about this because you're a tag team specialist, so. Within about a 10 minutes of FTR, he get, did get the first dub. He's the spike pile driver from the corner. Mm-mm-mm. But during the midst of the match, you see Tully Blanchard taking those that Sean Spears is like a few rows back home. Dead, dead locked on um uh, to, uh on Tully Blanchard. What the hell is about to happen here? Rumors going around that there might be a four, a new version of the four horse of new new version of the four horsemen. Don't really know how they're really gonna achieve this and who's really gonna be the ringleader of this. But let's just see what as time goes on. Um, ten minutes, four point five stars. It was so close to being a perfect tag team for television. I was actually kind of shocked. 
great match, great addition to AEW's tag team locker room in the tag team division right now. So WWE Vince, y'all fucked up that ball, man. Y'all making y'all making y'all tag team division look like fucking a bunch of circus clowns. Inexcusable. But after the match is over, Tony Schiavone gets the quick interview on them um, on the debut win. But we get the Young Bucks come out and they cut their promo, thanking them for saving their asses last week. They haven't probably introduced themselves to them. Nice to meet you. Finally. You know what I mean? Well, according to them, they've been carrying this tag team division. They've been carrying tag team wrestling for the last 15 years. So we're going to see what really going to happen when they come to these two. I don't really believe the whole 15 years for more like 7 to 10, nonetheless. But who, about, who am I to guess? You know what I mean? Um, we get um, we get Butcher and the Blade attacking the Young Bucks from behind. And then we get Kip, you know, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc coming out to try to save their friends. Mm. So this is about to be a real eight-man tag team bonanza shit that's about to transpire, folks. And then we get Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page come out to save, um, save the elite before the heels retreat. And during the whole course of the midst of this thing, FTR just ups and disappears. So they want no part of this thing right now. Say, like, nah, we'll sell the score with y'all later. And let's, you know, say, let's get, say, let's, let's head back to the truck and let's, uh, let's get the hell out of here. We did our part for today. Go to commercial break. Segment afterwards is the A minus. So like this whole beginning, the whole beginning match, the whole beginning match in the far afterwards was a pretty solid A. This is what tag team wrestling is about. And I know. Deuce is going to have a field day with this. We're going to let him go second today. Because I know he's been dying for to go second for once in his life. This is what tag team wrestling is supposed to be. This is what it's supposed mm. to be. It doesn't have to be the whole Moonsaw Bathurst or Suicide Dive to the mid vote. You know what I'm saying? It could just be old ground and pound, in and out tagging, formation tag teams that you may think that just when we think that, okay, this team's about to lose. Oh, no, they pull us in again with a two count. Oh, shit. And I thought one of those two counts yesterday, I thought that that was about to be over with. So they fooled me. So if they get you like that watching the match, then apparently you got our attention span. And as, and as Uncle Fast said, at one point, there was one match that he couldn't put he couldn't put his phone down. This one match, I couldn't put my phone, put my phone down. And it, it's, so it's a great damn thing. 4.5 stars. I'm happy for these two teams. I'm happy for that. I'm happy that now Butch and the Blade don't have to look like fucking circus clowns themselves. Finally, yes. Let's see. Let's see FTR versus um private um private party. Let's see FTR versus um loot um Jurassic Express. Santana and OTs. There's so many teams. Especially if they, if they get the two way contract when they actually do sign and New Japan opens back up. Oh, what? You can see the talent roster over there. That, I mean, I mean, you're you gonna see the talent roster that that are gonna be playing with over there. That's gonna be beautiful, straight beautiful. Just a all just a all around it, a a all around this thing. Kudos for FTR, kudos for the AEW, kudos for the tag team division. That's all I got to say about that. Dukes, go ahead, man. You got four. <laughs> you second for that. Go. <laughs> I know you were stupid. Yo. I don't even know for this. <laughs> Yo, I felt like a little kid jumping in the candy store 
watching that whole entire match. <laughs> oh my god, y'all, y'all don't understand. Like, I just keep saying, I love tag team wrestling, and what FTR is is pure tag team, old school fashioned tag team wrestling. You, you will not get it anywhere else. And that's a perfect tag team to go around with with AEW. Because they bring that old-fashioned and you got the new tag teams or some of the well-established tag teams bring that that looted door quick tags, flips, kicks, uh, what they know for? Straight hits. And that's what you get from of it. Oh, man. Um, like I, like I said before, um, W, you, W, you fucked up. And the reason why y'all fucked up is because I've been saying this for the longest. Y'all, y'all straight disrespected the tag team division. Mm-hmm. The last, the last time I have literally, literally sat here and looked at a good, perfect tag team match from start to finish without touching my phone was back in two thousand what seventeen when it was when y'all had the bar. Usos and New Day. Even the Usos and New Day, when they had that straight year-round rivalry, I couldn't even put like I'll put my phone down for, to watch that. Yet y'all keep playing it over and over again without giving new crops the opportunity. Sucks, but thank you, FTR. Thank you, AEW. Thank you, Tony Khan. Thank you, Young Bucks. Because his one matchup I want to see so far, and just by watching that, just by watching FTR, and that's FTR versus the Lucha Bros. Pentagon and Ray Phoenix versus them. And I swear to y'all, y'all would not disappoint. Um, I could just uh everything. No, I'm telling you a lot. Um, she's five freaking flames. Oh, so you want? <laughs> oh, so you want to steal my slogan today? Fine, I mean, fine. I mean, this is your one. Fine, I mean, this is your one. Get out of jail free card. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's like that, huh? <laughs> I mean, but like I said, I, I, listen, man, you got other people that are two shits in a toy seat club. You started this shit, and people caught wind to that. <laughs> no, that's not a problem, but I have no, I have not one person in here besides you that actually said five flavors like the fuck I did. So, that's what I said. You get a kid out of But not, I'm giving this five flavors just because right after that, you're seeing young bucks, and there's still that rivalry that's still going on between them. You're seeing Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabia come out. So it's basically y'all not leaving any tag team out there on a 
out there just to rot. No, you're you're bringing them in and mix and mix it in with FTR, and and also on top of that, it comes to bring up a good little rivalry between everybody. It's not just one tag team. Everybody get their shot. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. AW the best. That's all I gotta say on that. <laughs> oh, I'll go fast. Go ahead, man. Well, you motherfuckers. Oh God. I will say this. <laughs> I am totally agreeing with both of you guys here. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving this match. I'm giving this match a fucking ten. I'm not gonna even do the antics today. Wait, why? It's damn, like we kind of oh. dancing though. Listen, listen, brother. Oh, I just got oh, booked off. All right, all right, all right, all right. I give it. I give this shit a fucking. I give this shit a. First off, <laughs> shit, you motherfuckers! It's about fucking <laughs> Fucking tag team match, okay? Mm. Let's say this shit. I am happy that FTR is in the fucking building. Secondly, I'm glad that there's a tag team that makes the Butcher and Blade look fucking normal. Okay? Mm -hmm. That was the second thing. Third, I like the fact that FTR has put every single tag team on their toes right now. You have no mm-hmm. choice but to step your fucking game up. I finally saw the butcher and the blade look fucking normal. When I mean look normal, these motherfuckers was getting put in moves that I didn't think that any other tag team could put them in. And that's the honest to God truth. Because of the simple fact that who and what is being presented. To me, it's like mm, it's like bringing a young, a younger out, like a young outsiders into a new atmosphere. It's like they're gonna be tag team champs come um, all or nothing. They'll be tag team champs. <clears throat> Don't know whether or not if it's gonna be against Kenny Omega and and other cat, but I have a feeling that. If they don't get a title shot by, was it Fighter, Fighter, Fighter Fest? I mean, the two. Fighter Fest is what's coming up next. Mm-hmm. And then August yep, is no, um, all out. Okay, no, September's all out. No. September I, 5th is all out. Is it? Yes. Hmm. Sep- yeah. September 5th is all out. Hmm. Interesting. So, so, so Fighter Fest is a two, is a two, two day event. But if they don't, if they don't yeah. get a title shot, yeah. then they're definitely gonna get a title shot. Come all out. Yeah. They literally, I, what I, they I, literally did was they opened up the fucking fuck gates and let the butcher and the blade know. Yeah. Listen, y'all might be big and bad, but we're faster, we're more brutal, and we don't play no games. And it showed they were all business. And that right there, that mentality stems from the the, the, the taste that was left. In their mouth when they left WWE. So I 
thank you, AT, uh, uh, FTR, for coming into AEW and laying the ass-kicking that this company needed to start the show off. Fucking phenomenal. Fucking phenomenal. I mean, I agree with shit. like all that definite shit through the fucking ropes. It gets overrated because it takes a lot of risk, and then you end up hurting yourself and taking yourself out of the equation. These guys literally fought in the ring. They actually wrestled. They did certain moves that they were prepared to do that they knew that wasn't going to take them out. Smart ring presence. Excellent characteristics on both ends. I give this match a fucking 10. I got to. Great way to start the fucking wait, show off. You gotta Great give the match a team. Wait, wait, you gotta wait. give that match a team. <laughs> you gotta give it a ten, brother. You got to. But, oh. but I would say this. Hold on, by the way. But you talk- they look absolutely phenomenal. No homo. Like they looked phenomenal. Like well prepared. Like stacked. Like they looked ready to come in. So shout out to AEW, man. Go ahead. Wait, wait. I'll, I'll say it like this. This is the last thing I'm gonna say. Do you not notice that Tony that Tony Blanchard and um and Art Anderson, the the tag team right there is watching who is who looks just like them back in the day? Who's the who's the who's the guy that's who's the guy at FTR that's not um that has like, the little balding part in the middle of his head. The the start um, the one that started yeah, off I the match. Um, um, Wilder. Yeah. Okay, that is your Arn Anderson. Him yeah. right there the is Russian your Arn Anderson. And Blanchard is the one with the hair. So you take a look at that. They're watching. They're really sitting there yeah. like, yeah. It's good to see the teachers watching the students. And I ha- like nobody really realized that. Blanchard and Art Edison started the whole tag team division growing up. Like like growing up in the four horsemen. Brilliant. You see that with them. You see that with FTR right now. And they, if y'all talk about four horsemen, and you got these two to beat the Blanchard and Anderson, who's gonna play Ric Flair? I want to know. I can tell you right now who it is. Let's go. Right hey, let's not say this here. Say this for when we have our little prediction show. <laughs> all right? Don't be exposing <laughs> stuff like that this early. That all of a sudden people is not gonna want to watch it. <laughs> but we may never know. Dude, don't even go to antagonize the thing. Right? <laughs> Flair? Nah. No. 
Already said the fire. Tully Blanchard? You have the fire, you have the audiences, you have the Tully Tully Blanchard. There was one more. Um The original. I can't think of his name. Try to think. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Yeah, I think it was Ollie Anderson? Anderson? No. Was it Ollie? No, R. Anderson is, is the, the dude from um FTR, bro. No. No, there's two Andersons. It was yeah. Arn and it was I think it was Ollie. <sighs> That's right. It was Harley Anderson. Yeah. It was. It, it was Harley Anderson's brother. Yeah. So Harley, that right there is that is going to be up for grabs. That's going to be up to grabs. But the three that I see teaming together will have to talk like, like or, or on another ad lib show, and I, and I tell you my opinions on that. Just by the, 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 the actions from the three, oh, my God. Yep. That shit would flow perfectly. Perfectly. Mm-mm-mm. But I'll, I'll save that. I'll save that for another time. Oh, yeah. Thank God I'll save for another time. Going to commercial break. Coming back for commercial. <laughs> you get Dustin Rose. You get QT Marshall. We get Brandy Rose. And we get Allie. Have you ever seen this little, like, like, this little, like, well, triangle thing that's about to start happening here when it comes to that, but nonetheless, I'm gonna just break it down. Um, so these two here that they got a tag team titles match. How the hell do you have a tag team titles match? No, if it did, well, you defended the belts at Fighter Fest. Uh, before I go on the tirade of this, let me just go for it. They get a title shot next week, and Brandy notices Allie's wearing a Nightmare Collective jacket. So she's getting real chummy over here with QT Marshall and shit, man. She's pipping him out. Dustin makes it clear that, he, that QT needs to get his head out of his ass and into the game and get ready for next week. And Ali's not allowed to race out next week. What the hell? All right. What the hell's going on here? Can someone please explain this to me? Why is they doing every week is the Tag Team Championship match? Knowing for damn well, the moneymaker of this case is for pay-per-views. I, don't, uh, I just don't, I just don't understand. If you do it for a viewing thing, then that's is what it's gonna be like. Looking at Cody times two when it comes to the tag titles, I don't need to see that. I really don't. Uh, Maybe uh, every two weeks, every three weeks, whatever, defend the belts. But as long as you are defending the belts for a pay per view, that is a money match. Don't put your people in it this early. So right, needs to have a, wait, hold on, I'm not done yet. This is my time. Oh, no. Shut up. Look here, goddammit. <laughs> no. Look, no, I mean, look at here. It doesn't get us nowhere. Okay? Doing stuff gets us somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, what AEW needs to think about is really developing their TV programming and the people that they utilize. I get what they're doing with Heyman Adam Page. And Kenny Omega. For right now, at least. We can already know this whole breakdown of um, the elite is going to fall forward by the time of All Out and probably hits the fan. Then you're going to see some real changes happen. Quote me. But if you're trying to get viewers to tune into your program, you already got you already got Cody defending his title every week now. You know what I'm saying? As long as he's champion. Okay, we're going to see him every week. Do we really need to see a tag team title defense? To some mediocre teams that we don't need to see right now? Or are you going to see this for the big money matches, though? So you're already going to feed your, your whole tag team division to one set of teams that's going to squash them. 
I can't see that happening. You got to space out the playing field. Keep certain people separated. So when it comes to their matches, we get all the build that we need in the world. Go ahead, Juice. That's all I got to say about that. No, no, no. Always what I'm saying is this. Is I could understand why they do it. It's because you take a look at it. Hangman Page and Kay Omega hasn't really wrestled as much in actual ring-wise until, until they had a match <laughs> with Kip Sabian and also um, Jimmy Havoc. So if you try to go against someone that's been on TV mostly every single time as best friends, you need to, you need to get that ring rust out of them. So by them going against every other tag team and also like yeah put the put the tiles on the line that's like damn all right you know what at any moment we could be beat at any moment this is our time to actually show we're the best tag team in this division it's a smart move I don't it's like it's like you're really putting yourself out there and be like yo alright so we had to go knock down every single tag team to get to the best friends. And then once we get to the best friends and we win, we know that we're the best until until FDR, FTR comes and knock down that door probably at, um, all out. I don't know. Until then, that's, that's all they have to say about that. It's a good, it's a good strategy. That's strategy. All right. Well, we're gonna go to the second match. Penelope Four and your girl over there, Husky One. Now a Rose with Kip Sabian versus AEW's um women's heavyweight champion Hikaroshida with Chris Statlander with a 16 minute bout. I give this match a 3.5 stars. They do a um a fisherman suplex before um he keep um before Hikaroshida uh, gets hit with her own championship belt from behind. As Nyla Rose slid that belt into there and get whacked over, you know, get whacked over the head. Boom! She hits that finish. Solid. I mean, did you see the crotch shot though? <laughs> I know I had to see that goddamn cross spot yesterday. <laughs> and then, and goddamn, the y'all suck. I been peep that. So, yeah. So overall match. I'm guessing they're going to keep continuing this rivalry with um, Sheeta and um, and Rose for right now. Penelope Ford, I guess, is working up the ranks. We'll see what happens with her. Chris Stantlander, what the hell are they really going to be doing with her? As much as the alien thing, I'm still not... I mean, I respect the in-ring ability, but I just can't get the gimmick in the whole alien prospect. It's like, what's that Tim, I mean, the Tim Allen movie that he did back then when he was um, a space captain? What was that movie called? It reminded, yeah. yeah, it reminded me of that movie right there. And I was like, why am I even seeing this thing versus 2.0? It's at this time, no Tim Allen. It's just a female involvement. I just don't know. I just don't. But overall, I mean, there's still some footwork that still needs to be done for both teams. Because like I said, this is why you need some veteran on that on that women in the women's division right now. Because I know that as much as they're going along, they're training their asses off for they still need someone like a locker room leader for the Divas that be able to say, yo, just 
and be able to teach them either each one teach one shit. They need to start doing that a lot more when it comes to this, especially for the AEW women's division. So I gotta say about that. Duke's go. Alright. I I watched that match over and over again. At first I was about to give it two shit to the more and more I watched, the more and more I was like, you know what? Real decent match. It was a full. Um, there's still a story around that. Still going on with the Rose and Sheeta. And I'll, I'm giving this a story. It's a decent match. That ladder ish. For some pair of reasons, I think some F- um, U- UFOs probably got her and whatnot. Cause I'm still trying to figure out all this crazy, but um, I still believe what they're trying to at least, at least does on um, what AEW is doing is bringing slowly but surely that women's division, and and I hope there's more divas coming in to this division. I hope when um. Brent Baker, who is um, injured, when she comes back, you're going to see more of her. You're going to probably see Big Swole in there. Um, and some, hopefully some bigger names and star power for that division. I, I agree with Shiz, but I give it this all around a three. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I had a feeling that I had to fill this I had to fill it back to my said this day is gonna be a five, like a ten a ten star match because of, of his baby was in it. Shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> Damn. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> first, of all, first, of all, first of all, we're not we're not gonna even talk about that. What I'm gonna say is this. I'm gonna give this match a three point two. Oh. Okay. Uh I like the match. The match was decent. I like the fact that that it was more of a tag team than uh, the only reason why I don't give a high grade than that because I felt like you should be comfortable losing. Like they, I get it, the twist of having Penelope uh, Cruz, you know, pin um, uh, Cheetah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do it in that in that way. I kind of get it, you know, considering that the fact that Nalavo was already lost to her. So I get that. Um, I'm tired of seeing fucking Sabian interfering in women matches. Like, bro, like you're a man. Stop acting like a bitch, okay? And that's that's part of the reasons why I I didn't give it a high grade. Um, for the four of them to literally come together and work, you can see a little bit of um, slight hand botchiness, but it was it was clean. It was cleaned up very smoothly, and like I said, the efforts between all four women, I give them an A for for trying to create a good match for a length time. It was a lot of uh, a lot of great moves put on. Uh, Solid uh, ring presence, um, a lot of outside shit. I kind of actually like Sheeta's uh, running knee outside the ring. Uh, I thought Nala Rose was going to interfere, but I just like the fact that how she 
you know, she could throw that shit out of nowhere. And I, and I like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm slowly low-keying, kind of liking Sheeta, but she's got to show me a little bit more. Um, I agree with you, Shiz, on um, Chris Statlander. I think she needs to change the look and just keep the name. Uh, to me, she would look better in, in not an all-black, but like a solid dark color. A more like if she changed, if she went from brown to a brunette, like a Brit Breaker, fucking problem. She will be healed soon though. She will, she'll be like the dark alien, like the dark Vader woman version of like a dark Vader. You know, something similar to what Bailey did. You know, came out all happy hands, pointing fingers, and then all of a sudden she's just gonna wake the fuck up. Boop! All of a sudden she's just dark. Molly did the same thing. Molly Holly, she did the same shit. She was cool at the beginning, was getting the ass whipped. And then once, once before she shaved her head, once she really realized that she could do this shit and she cut that bullshit off, she was a problem. So I see that for Chris. If they allow her to do that, she will be champ in no time. Um, I do agree that there has to be. Huh? Oh, I gotta like, say to you about that. I do agree that they, well, I mean, I do agree with you on, on there has to be a a woman leader. Yeah. Um, because it's needed, and you can see that there's a little bit of misguidance during that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't see Britt Baker being that um that leader. Um. But it, it, I can't wait for her to come back to see what she brings to the table. I do know for a fact that her rivalry will be between Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander and her match up very, very well, and I think the two of them together in the ring are going to make history. And I think that's that will be the start of the uh, turnaround of the women's division, and that's when everybody else will kind of flow into it because at that time, that rust or that that chemistry between um, these women will kind of be solid, and then they can really kind of feed off each other. Uh, and I'm actually kind of glad that Nala Rose is 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 not willing to take a backseat, but to kind of better herself in other ways than trying to be so dominant. You know what I'm saying? She's very agile for a thick girl. For her to be like that, that, that hopping onto the top rope and then coming off with the double knee, that shit was fucking beautiful. It's like it was like like poetry in motion. You you can't knock ring presence when it's there, but without the interference, you know what I'm saying? I probably would have gave the match a four and a half, but because of the interference and the way it ended, I gave it a three point two. Fair enough. Ah, but once we get a view, so went from Darby Allen, and he's on. He still hasn't been clear to come back to Russell yet. But Tony Hawk is there, the legendary, uh, legendary skateboard. That doesn't mean that you can't skate. And Allen tried to do a successful drive off a ladder with his skateboard. I don't know how many times he. I don't know how many times that they had to reshoot this thing. But I feel so bad for him. But so finally, he ends up getting a successful diving. <laughs> I can't. I can't really give that a grade. But uh, even if I did, I, I I would give it a decent C. At least I give it a decent C. Just that's that type of stunt right there. You get hurt. 
Uh, you can get hurt doing a segment like that. Hence, Jinder Mahal not being around. No, since Jinder Mahal get hurt during the promo. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is why I wish Karu was here because I would have been laughing at his face about this. <laughs> but I got to save it. But I got to save it. I got to save it for later. I got to move forward. Next segment after we get Britt Baker's road to, road to her recovery. The whole baseball incident from last week. Training in the wheelchair. The whole comedy skit and stuff. Before it goes into commercial break, A minus. Even when she's not in wrestling form right here and right now, she can still make you laugh. She make you laugh as a heel. Definitely not as a babyface, but definitely she's more effective now as a heel more than ever. So I hope she stays being a heel. If she stays being a heel for the rest of her damn career, I think she would get over and she would be definitely popular. Gary DMT. A minus for that one. Going going to commercial. Um, coming back from commercial. We get the six-minute tag match. Mm. And in a circle, Jay Hager, uh, Jay Hager, Santana, and Ortiz versus best friends, Aris Cassidy, Trent, and Chuck Taylor. Smash went off for 12 minutes. Um, Aris Cassidy gets the win. He's the backslide roll-up. One, two, three, gets away clean. Jericho's pissed off, so he just jumps off. He jumps off from the uncommon table, runs down to the ring. Um, runs down to the ring, which you would call it. Um, then attacks the best friends. Then he hits. Then he hits all the way his famous Lucille baseball bat. <laughs> then Cassie starts to bleed from the top of his head, but he gets hit twice. Gets smacked around by a big bag of oranges. <laughs> yeah, pure assault and disrespect. Pure, pure assault and disrespect in the name of Orange Cassie. Freshly squeezed, just got freshly rocked. <laughs> 3.5 slots of the action itself. He got sun kissed. Nah, he got sun <laughs> Okay, whatever. Sun kissed. Okay, fine. Whatever. Sun kissed. Um, on the wall, so he got crushed. Boom. How about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, better. So, 3.5 stars for the matchup itself, for the direction that they're taking Aris Cassie in and putting him with Jericho? Ooh, I can't wait to see this happen. Uh, but, um, that's all we got to say about that. Dukes, you can go ahead and talk about the last few segments that I talked about in um, the second match of the card. All right. Um, for the segments, I love, like I said, I love um, Brent Baker. Um, she's right now probably, I won't say the leader of the, of the women's division, but she is probably one of the favorites in that women's division because she could bring. As a heel, she could bring that. She's like right now the female Chris Jericho of what you're seeing from him now. And I'm just saying that I'm not saying like she's how she wrestles or anything, just because of how her promos and how she well how she is developed as a heel wise. Um, but this whole match, I love it. Because now, because now you're really seeing, all right, you know what? Jericho, since Jericho's, everybody's thinking about Jericho and Mike Tyson. Everybody's thinking about Jericho and Tyson, but the back of their minds, they need the whole inner circle needs someone to go against. Why not best friends in Orange Cassidy? 
it was a good beat. It was a good beat down. I'm giving this the whole entire thing a three point five. It was actually no scratch that a four. And I want to see what can happen. Just take a look at the comedy of what Orange Cassidy could bring if he's going to Chris if he's going against Chris Jericho. And if if Orange Cassidy wins, take a look how much we could literally sit there say Chris Jericho literally put out literally helped out these young wrestlers. You don't see that as you don't see that as much. You don't see a veteran doing that to Doing that for young uppercomers. Touche. Uh, I like I like it. Touche. Yeah, I definitely want <laughs> touche, and I like it a lot. I like it. I like it a very lot. <laughs> Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Dexter Lewis. Fast go. Brett Breakers uh promo ship. I'll give that shit a B. She was kinda funny. She's actually kinda adorable. I'm not gonna say she's cute. She's actually kinda adorable. I like the uh, you know. She just looked good in her promo yesterday, I mean. So I was just like, Oh, okay, I didn't know she really looked like that. Like all right. Um, so the six man tag match. Very fucking interesting. Okay. I'm still trying to figure out this whole Orange Cassidy shit. And it what what's frustrating is that it's funny but it's just so time consuming. Like you get your ass ripped and then you really don't care about getting up and fucking like running to the ring and whooping ass. But as soon as somebody takes your shades off and throws them into the crowd, now you become pissed off. You are double doing a double hunakamana, which was absolutely fucking beautiful. Then you put your hands in your pocket and you just go and do your usual combination routine. Orange Cassidy, you have to do one thing for me, sir. Please use your fucking hands. But that defeats the whole point of his character. I know you put your arms in. In some ways, I get it. But if you're going to go Super Saiyan for a motherfucker throwing your glasses, then your hands well, should be fucking... And neither should, and neither should your ass crack. But we can't get that either, right? But keep going. <laughs> nah, but I, nah, but, nah, but I get what you're saying. This is why Jim Cornette has, has to feel that it has a problem with me with, me with Orange Cassidy. <sighs> Wait. So, yeah, wait, wait, yes. I, I think he did use his hands. If you already take a look at that match between him and Ray Phoenix, I don't remember. Lose. That's my place. Toe to toe with him. Before, and that was what right before Ray Phoenix got hurt. Okay. Now, you really take a look. What I'm saying is this. Right. He got his ass whipped that day and he really did get crushed. You know, and I get yeah. 
I think it's a brilliant. I think it's a brilliant thing for for um Orange Cassidy in his career. You build the rivalry with Jericho, and you have one of the greatest wrestling matches ever in AEW history. Now everybody's kind of conformed to your laid back style of. I'm a wrestler, but I'm a wrestler how I want to wrestle, and it's whatever. It's just his style. I'm still trying to figure out, but I give the match overall a four. And um, hopefully come next week that uh, Arms Cassidy and the best friends really do a number on fucking Chris Jericho and Ortiz and uh, Hager and the other dude who I consider Conan or the new Conan of AEW. So, yeah. I'm done. Um, what was I stuck on? Oh, yeah. Come back for the commercial break. Um, Tony Schiavone is about to interview the Gun Club, but MGF cuts it out of nowhere and cuts a promo on and just the AEW is given to this man. He has one of the best records in AEW, and he still hasn't gotten a title shot against Cody. Nonetheless, and um, in AEW, he's a great white, but according to Billy Gunn, he's a great white himself. And um, Billy Gunn rebuttals and um, shoots back, and MGF shoots the mouth off, and Billy's about to get ready to hit him. Then he yells out, Warlow! Warlow comes out of nowhere, presents himself. Bam! Stare down the ends of it all. Does a seat. It's just only geared up for what the hell to, for what match is going to happen next week. And as they kind of talked about it, they, they're going to be the tag match next week. Um, the recap again we get the Coca being the last week's involving Brody Lee in the Dark Order. As I was trying to say to you before last week, Dukes, prepare for the first time in his whole career, Coca being the turning heel, and that is what's going to be shocking the world. Period. <laughs> so we go to the yeah. fourth match, which was CMBG versus Coca being Both of these people needed dubs. Both of these people needed some damn victory. Out of 10 minutes, Sammy G gets the W. But in the GTA, I'm surprised they didn't take the CM Punk approach on this. But who up? But I mean, but who am I kidding? Um during this whole, but during the midst of this match, you see Coca Man do this whole Bubba Ray Deli punch combo. <laughs> I see that. I peeped that out. Um not, <clears throat> nonetheless, at the 10 minutes. It's a solid three point twenty five stars. It's just a solid bout between the two be, be, between the two of these guys. After the match is over, Evil Uno and Grayson comes out with the minions and soldiers of the Dark Order. They see Mister Fucking Brody Lee <laughs> comes out, shows up, offers Colgan Ben up as a sign to lift him up to where he never been before. And somehow we see Colgan Ben just follow them to the back. You know what the hell is gonna happen now? Then we cut back to the ring. Sammy G didn't grab the microphone. He comes to promo on himself that he's the best wrestler in the company. We see regular Matt Hardy then come out and gives praise to Sammy G on his future endeavors here in um AEW, but he needs to break away from Jericho in order for him to be his own man. Sammy G rebuttals. Then we get, I guess he whatever that he says broken. He turns into broken Matt Hardy. I guess when he turns, I guess when you say like a certain word, a certain 
key words. It's like you're split. It's like you're, um, you're hypnotized. Um, then Broken Hardy comes out and then he cuts his own leg. Will probably if that was a Zayn will be deleted very soon. Be minus. Still, like I said, still kind of trying to make some more real logical sense of the whole bracket. I mean, the whole um, Matt Hardy thing. It's like we get three different personalities. We get the regular Matt. We get, I guess, version one Matt. I don't, I don't know how many versions of Matt Hardy that we have lost track over the past, like, guess, like, what, how should I say this? Nine, 19 years? 19 years, 21 years? Something like that. Matter of fact, they started earlier on in 1994. So they've been going on longer than that. So he's about to be reaching 30 years when it comes to 2024. Um, I get the whole, I mean, I get the whole thing, but the shifting back and forth between personalities, it kind of takes a little bit of the gimmick away when it comes to this broken character. I feel he should just stay as a broken character and just go with it. Like, just go full-fledged with it. There's the reason why WWE did not want that broken character in there because they didn't know what the hell to do with it. Now we're in the playing field where you can do anything the hell you want, and we still haven't gotten the full blast of things yet. I'm hoping and praying that this is that sooner or later this whole thing can kind of like step up his um step up his step up his their perspective of what Matt Hardy should be when it comes to that company. Because one day we can see broken Matt, then we're gonna see party private party Matt Hardy. So we see the elite Matt Hardy. I, I don't know what Matt Hardy we're gonna get each week. Stick to one, please. I know we guys are trying to do, but stick to one, Tony Khan. Stick to one, Cody. Stick to one, Kenny Omega. Any any other infrastructure back there should be hearing that thing out. We brought Matt Hardy here for a reason. Let's keep it that reason. Otherwise, we're just juggling around with different personalities of him that we don't know which one to drop. Stop that, please, AEW. Like for God's sakes, that's all I gotta say about that. All right. Um, the whole Coca Ban. I'll, I'll start with the whole Coca Banner um, promo. Um, wow. Um, says you. Uh, I guess you're all right. Um, it's 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 kind of hard. It's kind of hard to see. Cole Cabane heal, but if that's something that will happen, I'll hope he has a, a great run as a heel. Like they all said in the seas for it to happen. But hey, uh, uh, good for you, um, Cole Cabana. The whole match between him and him and Sammy and Sammy winning, um, I'm giving that match a a very good decent three. Um, everybody keeps saying that Sammy Sammy is another Eddie Guerrero. That's a younger version of him. I see it. And he and he will with more and more experience. Have a, they have stuff to work. Um, oh, with a dark or. And Cole, you're playing two storylines in one. And I'm more just to know that Sammy called out Matt Hardy and, well, not really called out Matt Hardy, but Matt Hardy came out and let him know that. I don't know what it is, but every time 
like when Matt Hardy comes out, he's always sit there and say, you you remind me of my I was younger. He said at a private party, at like he said at a private party, he, like yo, y'all remind me of the young Hardy boys. He said to the young bucks, y'all remind me of the young Hardy boys. So everybody reminds, so Matt Hardy's sitting there saying that everybody in AEW reminds him of him and Jeff. Or just reminds him of himself. I don't know. Um, I do I understand why he brought the whole entire gimmicks. It's because it's like you want to keep it fresh and keep it, or you'll know who you're going against. Say one line, boom, you get you get the version one, Matt Hardy. Say another line, boom. You get broken, Matt Hardy. Say that line. Boom. You get Team Extreme Hardy. It happens. He's going to be like the... Matt Hardy is the new Mick Foley. Mm -hmm. Without the mask. Mm -hmm. You remember how Mick Foley... You see Mick Foley more and more times Next year, you be like, yo, are we going to see Mankind this week? Are we going to see Dude Love one week? Are we going to see Cactus Jack one week? No, he, he keeps it he keeps it fresh. Y'all see just regular Matt, boom. Then he'll plant the seeds for other Hardys to come out when, they, when he wants them to come out. I like it. I like that. No luck. It keeps everything going in flow. So you never get tired of one character. And that's all I got to say about that. All right. So, I give the match between Cocobana and Sam G. I give that a four and a half. If it wasn't for the slip up, who knows? But I kind of felt, even back then, Coca Bena getting ready to turn heel at um, double or nothing. Uh, when he was handed that piece of paper to join the Dark World Order, and the look on his face, it was before. It was. It was inevitable that sooner or later he was going to join the dark side and it was just he's going to be curious do I think it's a smart move hell yeah I think when you've been a when you've been a um, a good guy or a baby face it's kind of hard to break that um but I'm anxious to see what they're what role they're gonna have him in. Uh and as far as Sammy G, I absolutely agree with fucking Matt Hardy. I feel like him being with the inner circle because he's young, it's like a a, a, a AEW version of evolution. Like Sammy G is the Randy Orton. 
So he's doing all the crazy, stupid shit, getting hit with carts. But he's very athletic. He's very fundamentally sound. And his moves, like his moveset is fucking crazy. When he's by himself, I would say that his name precedes himself. He is the wrestling god, Sammy uh, however you say his last name. Guevara. Guevara. So it's like, it, it fits him. But amongst the inner circle, he's just like the third or mm. fifth wheel and the sidekick to uh, to Jericho. But then, you know, and, and it's like, you know, when they are tag team, they're considered, which the name is fucking stupid. But it's like, you know, lay sex guards. Okay, I get it. Fine. Kudos. Right. But I feel like him being by himself, he would have a better chance of being more successful as an individual wrestler than being in a fraction. But right now, this is his opportunity to really, you know, kind of showcase what he has. You know, plus he's a funny dude. Um... What was the last thing I had? Um, as far as the Matt Hardy thing, I totally agree with with with, with Duke. Matt Hardy is the Mick Foley of AEW. A younger version, uh, a legend in his own right, and for him to say that that each one of the Chiefs remind remind them of. Jeff Hardy and you know the Hardy Boys. You have to really sit back and think about the standard that these guys have set for tag team wrestling for many years. And y'all being wrestling fans, y'all remember how they started off back in the day? If you was a superstar, you went against a a sparring or a you know a sparring wrestler, a no name. You know what I'm saying? If you was that type of dude, you always, like the Brooklyn Brawler, they, he had, what, 99 losses and one fucking win or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like you looked at the Hardy Boys. They were a young team. They were good, but they just didn't get their moment. And their moment came when they beat Triple H and um, uh, what's his name? Who I forgot who he was tagged up with at the time. And that kind of catapulted their career into being who they are now. So in the eyes of Matt Hardy, you're looking at younger versions of yourself. The high flying, the 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 exuberant, the excited, the the I can't wait to get and and, and you know get myself out there and showcase my shit. Like that type of intensity and, and flow is what it's part of the reason why he's there, and that's part of the reason why he has made those statements to every single one of those tag teams, because every single one of those tag teams implement the style of a Jeff Hardy and Matt. So you got to pay homage where homage is due, you know, in some senses. Um, yeah, and I'm done. My fault. All right. Um, excuse me. I want to wiggle my nephew here. 
Um, yeah, then we get a video segment of um Joey Canella. Al Barney drop drinking the pain away till he runs into Sunny Kids who pops, I don't know who who just drives out with a drop top horse. Um, Joey hops in and then they drove off, goes to commercial break. It says to be continued. Don't know what the hell that's going to signify and mean, but uh, uh, yeah, let's not talk about it here. Come back from commercial <laughs> break. Um, D, uh, Dashley tries to interview Cocabana about the dark order. Sammy G lost, but Cocabana doesn't want to hear it. He knocks on the dark order's door and they let him in. And the door closes. A minus. I told you, Dukes. I told you. I told you. I told you for two weeks. At some point, he's going to hate losing and he's going to turn into being a hill. And that's exactly what the hell we're going to see. Just when we're going to see that, when we're going to see the trigger pull, we don't know just yet. <laughs> um, Coming to outside, and we get Alvarez interviews um, AEW champion John, John Moxley. He's pissed off. Well, he's always been pissed off. He's more pissed off at Brian Keyes and Taz. Cuts his fiery promo towards them and on them to when Taz hurt enough and he just shows up out of nowhere to face to face Moxley one on one. Who we see behind the background running towards him, Brian Cage, running towards him and knocks him down. Whoops! His, whoops! His ass rams uh, rams Moxley's head to a um, car window. Spy um spine busting him on top of the car. To lastly, he just body slams him onto the um, onto the rear uh, to the rear windshield. Of course, before Taz is trying to stop him for not going anything too drastic, because you want to win. You don't want to, you know, say like put him put him on the bench. No, you want to win. The, you know, in order to beat the man, you got to beat the man. So you can't break his back right now. Do it at Fighter Fest. Put him down. Sure enough, they did. Um, a minus for that. They're really pulling the catapult when it comes to the whole Moxley and Brian Cage thing. Slowly but surely, as we see come on, um, we're going to see this thing really taking off. And as Duke was trying to say last time, this match is going to be on night one. No. The main event, the world, the, every, the AEW World Heavyweight Championship should always be how you treat for every pay with you that dead last match. That's your money maker. That's your company's match right there. So, this is going to be for the second night. Um, I don't know. Y'all want to talk about those three segments before I, before I move on? Hell yeah. Go. All right. So, as far as the Coca Banner knocking on the door, I knew that was coming. I'm not phased by that. I'm just anxious to see what happens. Uh, the whole promo between... Uh, I should say the promo slash uh, slugfest um, slash beatdown, um, verbal and physical um, between uh, Moxley and Taz and and the uh, mini beast Taz, uh, mini beast Taz. Um, I liked it. I give that shit an A plus. Um, I like the fact I'm actually feeling more confident in Moxley's. Uh, Promos, the the Austin esque uh, approach behind the mic, uh, being pissed off and angry, um, somewhat slightly keeping it real, and I just like the fact that Taz is actually Taz is actually um, 
putting himself back out there in some ways. Because I actually, to be honest, I actually liked Taz in his fucking promos. Uh, to me, Taz had one of the best, like, promos to me uh, back in ECW. That I don't give a fuck attitude. You can say what you want. If I get you what it means, I'm going to suplex the fuck out of you and I'm going to get to one, two, three. You keep it simple. You keep it straightforward. It it, it causes more of a straight, direct impact than beating around the bush. Okay. Cage coming out of nowhere with the hit. Ask for Pacentro, and then, you know, Moxie comes back. And he had the momentum until his, his uh, adrenaline kicked in. He tried to destroy Cage with a fucking bat or a crowbar. And then you get your ass plowed not once but twice. And, yeah. So, I mean, I, I give all that action an A+. This match is going to be a slug fucking fest. I wouldn't be surprised if Taz got involved and did a DDT or Taz suplex. You never know. Okay, fuck fuck him being out of uh, wrestling for almost 20 years. But if Arn Anderson could do a fucking spine buster, your bitch ass could do a, a, a tag suplex. So I'm preparing for him to do something in this match at Fighter Fest. And um, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm excited. Nah. Anybody, anybody else? Oh, okay. I guess I'm the last one. <laughs> um, I'll put like this. Uh, I see. Um, Coke, I really don't want to see Coca Bay go to join Dark Order because I have a surprise twist of the reason why, and I'm gonna say that for the fancy booking. And my fancy booking is gonna get real crazy and. Ed, um, but um, Brian Cage and and John Moxley with with Taz, per that was perfection. As best, that's bringing back Attitude Era. If y'all ready to look at it, um, Brian Cage is is a beast. He's, if y'all don't, ladies and gentlemen, if y'all, we don't know who Brian Cage really is, just remember, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give y'all a little perfect um, picture. Brock Lesnar, when he first came out, when he was the next big thing, that's Brian Cage. Just mixed with Samoa Joe from TNA. And and that's what you that's who you have. And I love I love the fact of the brawl. I love the fact that it gives you wanting to see this match even more. Now the fans is really really focus on is the one thing is sitting back see it saying is Ted Moxley beat Cage. Or I want to see Markley kiss K's ass. Let's kick the shit out. Of, let's beat the shit out of him. But we already know what Taz is at his court at Cage's corner. You might have to see um a Taz mission in a bit. 
not the suplex, but I see Taz's mission coming. If, um, but overall, perfectionist as best. Thank you, AEW. You bring the child out of me from opening match. Thank you. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> uh, we get a um, we get a Cody and Mark Quinn hype promo for the main event, which leads us to the main event for the TNT Championship. Cody defends his becoveded TNT Championship against Mark Quinn of Private Party. This was twelve to fourteen minutes. Very. Very decisive, very despicable Cody in certain in certain aspects. You know what I'm saying? Like you can see certain little heel moves that he did that kind of that kind of made it like, oh, we could potentially see Cody turn heel, but who the hell is guessing? I don't want to foreshadow anything. I don't want to be the one with uh, a rotten egg in his hands. Um, we see Mark Quinn doing a 450 splash to Cody on the outside ramp. Oh my god moment. But um within the 12 minute grueling bout, Cody gets the W by by submission by using the ankle wall foot combo that he had applied to him and trying to really really to get to sell the pain that he done to his ankle for the last couple of weeks. The last couple of weeks ago. So this match kind of applied to some of the cells that Mark Quinn did for Cody when it comes to his ankle injury. It'll come with the previous ankle injury. What happened? He was 100% for the match, but he still, but he still worked his ass off. 3.75 stars. They gave each other a handshake. After that thing is over, who comes out? Jay Hager comes out. He then stares down Cody before coming into the ring. He puts his paws on Arn Anderson. How do you put your hands on an old man? Um, the Cody tried to make the Cody tried to make the save before um Jay Hager beat Jay Hager beats him down to the ground and um glares and stares at the TNT belt. Private Party and Matt Hardy that comes up to try to make the save for themselves, and we see Santana and Ortiz and Sammy G didn't come out, so we gonna see this whole this like interweaving it's like even it's like even tweeving lines when it comes to um the storylines and involving AEW. It's like there's not selling just one rivalry, they're incorporating other rivalries as well. So once one, one rivalry is done, you go right into the next one. I'm fair to say. But after that, um but after when these other three come out, the bra the bra issues in the ring. With the babyface winning at the end, uh, at the end of all that, we get Matt Hardy doing the twist of fate on Sammy G. He's always getting twisted fate. <laughs> uh, he, Yo, he got the, heel, the heels retreat. Cody grabs the microphone. He grants the title match at Fighter Fest to Jay Hagar with both teams staring down at each other. And that's how we end the damn show. So um, when it comes to that, they're already putting title matches up for pay-per-views, but you're defending the title each and every week. So what does that mean? That means each and every week he's going to win. So that's kind of spoiling a little bit of what you're doing, right? Because if you're already doing this whole weekly defending um, defending championships and talent and stuff like that, then at least what you can honestly do is keep things on a hush-hush. Don't do anything until later on. 
I mean, especially if Fire Fest ain't till what? It's ain't till what? July, something like that. Like, like you know, what I'm saying like you still got a few weeks to do it. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna so you can push the, so you can push the button on this whole thing within next week's episode or the week afterwards. You still have mad time to do it. Why do it now? So that already gave away. So whoever is going to be the next few people is not going to win that TNT championship. Bad call on that one, but good call when it comes to the title match for that. And um, kudos to Mark Quinn. You know, especially with and I kind of said this before about previous tag teams that go solely got to prove ten times harder that, that they belong to be in solo rather than just be compared to just only being as a tag team specialist. Certain tag teams in AEW right now, that's that that's their that's their comfort zone, sticking together. Certain people and certain other tag teams, you can see they are the money makers, they're gonna be the next breed of stars. Quote me on it. Uh, nonetheless, that's all I got to say about that. You can go ahead right now, um, Fats, because I'm trying to get your cousin in. Because I guess he got kicked out. So, yeah. So, I'm going to say this. Shout out to Private Party. Okay. And shout out to Mark Quinn. Uh, phenomenal guy, even though despite the slight ankle injury. Now, I'm going to say this toward the statement that you made just a few few minutes ago, Shiz, about how you didn't, you know, you was kind of looking at the the hill moves and, you know, the stuff that, some of the stuff that Cody was doing. And to be honest with you, it's fucking brilliant. That is the kind of champ that you want. A, a... A Ric Flairist type of style where it's like, I'm fair, but I'm still gonna fuck you up. I'm going to go into your 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 weakness. I'm going to take you out. This is wrestling. Once once the bell rings and we shake hands, all that shit is over and done with. I'm gonna try to rip your fucking face off. And in this case, Cody focused on the limb. He focused on the ankle. He focused on the knee. He tried to dissect. Um, he tried to dissect his opponent. That's what you're supposed to do as a champion. In order to be the man, you have to beat the man. And to have that heel slash good guy uh, outlook, I love it. I fucking love it from Cody because you want that kind of respect to where he can do. He could be both at any time and at the same damn time. Mark Quinn, like, listen, phenomenal dude. And I honestly think that uh, him being solo and becoming a solo or individual wrestler um, outside of private party is very, it will be very successful. Uh, as a tag team, I think this will kind of elevate the, the tag team uh, the private party as a tag team because now you're giving him more exposure of what he could bring to the table. And this is with a, a, a non-healthy ankle and now a banged up knee slash leg. If you're still able to pull out 450 splashes off the top ropes, three different types of aerial uh, um, over the top rope assaults, um, 
it speaks volumes on your heart and your character, what you bring to the table and how far you're willing to push yourself for a win. And he earned his respect. So I give this match a fucking A+. This match is a fucking 10. And a solid 10. And it's all respectful right. A great match. No interferences, no nothing. Just a great, solid match. Now, with the bullshit after that, um, I'll put it to you like this. I don't think he gave it away. Because what the statement is, was that, okay, yeah, I'll... You got a title shot at Slugfest, but who's to say his next couple of, of challenges uh, up until Slugfest, you never know. He could lose it and then gain it back. You never know. It could be – it could go any there's, – there's a lot of potential talent that can literally, you know what I'm saying, take that belt from Cody. But right now, Cody is on a fucking hot street. And that crossroad is fucking phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Great way to end the fucking show. Great way to showcase talent on on both sides. Uh, You know, with the chairs and the whole nine, and then everybody coming out. Oh, and then that fucking, that twist of fate. I don't know what kind of juice, Red Bull, Henny, Remy, whatever the fuck that Matt Hardy be drinking before he goes out, he needs to do that shit all the time. Because the way he caught Sammy Guevara, OMG, was that a moment. Did you see the way that motherfucker's face went down like a dart? It was like Steve <laughs> and that motherfucker. Yeah, that, I seen that. Then I don't know what. Mm-hmm. They had to literally, <laughs> they had to literally carry this. He was so fucking dazed. It was like, yo, like what? Uh, where am I at? And, and, and that's why I said earlier, since about like, yo, fucking, um, maybe it is time for Sammy G to go independent. I, I, I would love to see that, that baby face heel type attitude. Absolutely, the uh, a mm. young fucking Eddie Guerrero with flair. That's how that's how I see Sammy G. And you can see the potential that that I lie, I cheat, I still type look, the cockiness, the arrogantness, you know, that orderly Vato type shit. Mm. That's the same shit as Sammy G. A younger pretty boy. You know what? I'ma bring the fucking table, I'm gonna rock the house like you know, you, you kinda need that. Same thing for Mark Quentin. Phenomenal fucking wrestler, bro. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I love it. I like the fact that Cody is actually putting on guys that need to push themselves and prove themselves for a future title run. And that's all it is to me. It's like, okay, you're trying to get the approvals from these guys. You're trying to see how far they can push themselves. So I give this match, this in the match, an A+. I give the whole, you know, little brawl in the ring and the whole nine, I give that shit a fucking B+. 
I would love to see Cody Rhodes go against Hager. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. But the question is, is who is Cody going to go against up until that time? That's my question. Is there anybody that's going to knock him off as the TNT champ before Fighter Fest? And I think there is. I just don't know who. Mm, I don't know either. Well, we could potentially find out. And that was the end of the whole AEW Dynamite episode. Uh, my overall grade, overall grade for this whole thing was a four point twenty five stars overall. It was, it wasn't the best show, but it was one of the great shows that they had thus far. Um, let's just see. Hopefully that they they can you know maintain that momentum and some of the viewers can really take heed and they start coming back and start going back by numbers. Um, as far as the fantasy booking segment go, I wouldn't change nothing. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't change anything. But you can go ahead and say your I piece. Would. Um, the one thing I would well, not the one thing. There's some things I would change. So that whole segment between uh, Sunny Kiss and uh, Joey Janela is this when you take a straight guy and a gay guy and you make them the best of friends, and because they're both on the losing streak. Now they turn each other's careers around, so it's like you got a a a, um, a bisexual bromance. If that makes any sense, it's like I'm confused at that. Like you're walking down this path trying to figure out how you can win, and then Sunny Kiss comes out of nowhere, flare up, and then all of a sudden to be continued. Um, yeah, I'm confused by that. Um, what I would change, what else would I change? Um, I would change, actually, yeah, the one thing I would change is the whole segment between, uh, Cole Cabana and, uh, Dark Order. Um, if you're going to do that, there had to have been a little bit more kind of uh, presence of a dark order than just them coming out as a group and then the leader comes out and then extends his hand and then walks away. That shit to me was just like, okay, fucking JR could have did that shit. Like, I understand you was trying to make a statement, but it was like you could have did it in a different way. I don't know which way, but it could have been better than the way you did it before. Uh, and then that whole Orange Cassidy shit, man. That shit kind of bothers me a little bit. Sorry. Uh, that ending part, it's like, dude, you're really that mm-hmm. fucking lazy to the point where you can't defend yourself. I get it, he had a bat, but it's like, come on. That right there, you got busted up. So my question is, what the fuck is going to happen this week coming? How will you respond, Cassidy? Are you still going to do that laid-back approach where you're tapping guys with your feet and the whole nine, like you're fake-kicking them or shit-kicking them, and then you get fucking tossed or some other shit? Like, I want to see more than that. 
if that's your style, I get it. I respect it. Trust me, 100%. As a wrestling fan, I respect it. But I need to see something else. And you just getting your ass whipped and cutting it. Your friends over there fighting for you, fighting for for whatever. And you're, you're getting whacked with a 20-pound bag of fucking oranges. And then motherfuckers squeeze it on you. No good about that shit. Your shit's going to burn that cut. Like, come on, bro. Really? This is what we do now? So I would kind of change the ending a little bit. I I'd have said, okay, you're going to make me bleed, and I'm going to make you bleed. I got to see something more, man. Yeah. I mean, that's all I have to go about. So far, fantasy book is great. I said end of um, part one of our Wednesday Night War, part two, we talk about NXT, WWE NXT, the fallout after the takeover in your house pay-per-view that happened on Sunday, see what happens with follow-up later, and um, potentially you might see us back, might see majority of us back, but um, dude, he's still having technical difficulties, so he'll just meet us on the next show. So that's all we gotta say for the show. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting. Please, as I said earlier in the show, do everything do everything that I ask. Follow us on the social medias. Play our episodes. Benchmark us. Share our stuff. Let us know that you guys are out there. That's all that we ask for, man. Give us some type of breathing life in this Black Owned Wrestling Podcast community. And um, yeah, let's just take it one day at a time, one step at a time, and. I wish all y'all at home be safe and make sure that you guys do the right things for each other. Do your plugins. Let's get the hell out of here. Facts? Oh, I guess not. Guess he might be disconnected on his other half too. So I'm gonna just end it for him. He's gonna be back. You'll see us in the next part, too, which is coming up next. Um, take care of yourself and each other. Now I can, but it's about to be too late anyway. I'm, you know, I'm shutting this thing down. Take care of yourself and each other. Good night, folks. <laughs>